Can you hear me? Okay. Hi, my name is Erica. I'm really excited about being here today. Um, I am a recovered codependent food addict and adult child of trauma. And by the grace of God, one day at a time, I've been in recovery for over 25 years now. In a little less than a week, hey, in a little less than a week, I am going to be 61 years old. And I am not telling you that because I want birthday presents, because I don't. <laughs> but I'm telling you that because I have had a revelation over the last little while. And like I said, I've been in recovery for a long time, and I'm almost 61 years old. And I want you to know that God continually works in your life. He's always working on you, and he's always taking you to a better place. Right. So at 61, almost 61, I want to share this with you. And I'm really excited and honored to be here to share uh, what I've learned over the last couple of months. Before I start, I want to let you know that I'm seven weeks out from a, a severe concussion. <laughs> so all of the word files aren't necessarily back in the filing cabinets in my brain in the right order. So if I occasionally stop and search for a word, I know that's as annoying as anything. But uh, please forgive me. I'll do the best that I that I can. What I want to talk about is the fact that I have learned that resentment is a gift. And it seems very counterintuitive to say that because resentment sucks <laughs> and it's painful and it's uncomfortable and it can make you sick. But what I have learned is that resentment, particularly, especially deep held resentments, are your higher power trying to tell you something about you. So I'm talking about resentments like the ones you may have done step work around them, you've prayed for the person, you've forgiven them, you've done all those things. But like John says so well in his little video, it just keeps coming back and eating your lunch, right? You're, you're walking in the woods or you're just trying to go to sleep or something. And the next thing you know, I keep getting this vision in my mind of Pac-Man, you know, like bonk, 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 bonk. And the next thing you know, you're chewing on it again. I'm either angry or I'm embarrassed. You know, you have those ones where your toes are curling and everything long since done. What the heck is going on there, right? Well, in the ancient world, and we have examples of that in the big book, in the Bible, when people were upset about something, when they were disquieted about something, when they had bad dreams, when something just kept coming up, their spirit was, was riled up about something, they didn't say, make that stop. How do I figure out how to get that to go away? right? In our culture, we do, right? We reach for drugs, we reach for alcohol, we reach for our addiction. I don't want to feel that. How do we make that go away? But in the ancient world, they understood this truth. And that was that your higher power that God was trying to tell you something important. And that's why it wouldn't go away. And they would search for people who would help them interpret the dream or understand why their spirit was so disquieted, because they understood that there was a reason why. And the same thing is true with us. You see, because deep resentment, those ones that you can't shake off, right, reveal our true self. They reveal our true self. Because each of us really are cons and consists of three people. We have our authentic self, our real self. We have the person we wish we were. And we have the person that we think other people think we're supposed to be. And oftentimes we work on the wish we were and think we're supposed to be. Right? I'm going to do this. I'm going to think this. I'm going to say this. But it's not the real person. It's not authentically what's going on really deep down inside. Right? And that's where resentment comes from. And the only way that we're ever going to learn what our higher power wants to teach us when we have that resentment, when you're sitting there and you're just chewing on it, chewing on it, chewing on it, the only way that we're ever going to learn what our higher power wants to teach us about a resentment is that we have to relate, release a spirit of condemnation. 
internal condemnation and external condemnation. Jesus told us, right, don't judge by the way you are judged, you will be judged. And we often think about that in the terms of end times, right? If you're a Christian, you think, okay, well, at the end of life. But he's also talking about that's what you're going to do to yourself. So if you've got a finger pointing out at everybody like this, you've got three fingers pointing back at you, you're going to judge yourself exactly the same way. So if you're harsh with everybody else, you're going to be harsh with yourself too. And if we're harsh with ourselves and we're looking at condemnation, we're not going to look honestly at what's going on. People aren't, we're not dumb. No one wants to be in pain. We beat ourselves up enough over the person we think we're supposed to be. Now we're going to beat ourselves up over the person we are. No, we have to release that spirit of condemnation because condemnation is about judgment and punishment. And rather than condemnation, we need to have a spirit of discernment. And discernment is about revelation and inspiration and healing and all of those things because it takes that, that punitive thing away. And it's really hard because if somebody's really hurt us, we're like, but you're going to, they're going to get away with it. Guess what, dude, they got away with it anyway. They're not sitting somewhere going on and on and on, maybe most likely about what happened. Half the time when people hurt us, they don't even realize they've done it, right? It's an internal thing. My resentments belong to me. They're mine. I created them. I made them. I hold on to them. They're mine. They're ours, right? What is our higher power trying to tell us about ourselves? about using, using big book language, about a defective character. What is he trying to tell us about ourselves when we keep having this resentment, when we keep chewing over the same thing over and over and over and over again? Well, resentments come when people, places, and situations do not bend to our will. Now, that's not giving an excuse for somebody treating you badly. Of course not. But we hold a resentment when things don't bend to our will. I want it to be this way. And it wasn't this way. And now I'm not happy about that. <laughs> and I want it to be different than it is. I want it to be my way. Right. And what happens is when people, places, and things don't meet our expectation, we develop a resentment. But the issue is most of the time, and that's what these wonderful new resentment sheets are so fantastic about, is what it does is it gets us to look at our authentic self. What is it exactly that I wanted that I didn't get? Exactly, for real. <laughs> not what I wished I was supposed to have, not what I think other people were supposed to have. What's the real me? What really happened, right? The big book talks about that idea of a play, right? That, and I, have a, I, have, I wanna control all of the roles in the play in the, in the how it works section, right? I wanna be the lead actor and I, and I assign people roles and I wanna control the lights and I wanna control the action and it doesn't work because people don't do what I want them to. And then, you know, fueled by a thousand different things of fear and anger and self-pity and all that kind of stuff. We lash out at people around us because we don't understand why they're not doing what it is that we want them to do. Half the time, we don't really accept and understand what it is exactly that we want them to do. Not really, not deep down inside, right? So that's one of the things that when resentment is a gift, if you take look at that without condemnation, say what exactly is going on? What's going on in here? Not out here, but what's going on in here, right? I'm not gonna give you an exact example, but here's one that we can probably all relate to. Perfectionism. If I have a spirit of perfectionism, I have to be perfect. If I'm not perfect, my fear underneath that not being perfect is that I'll be left and abandoned if I'm not perfect. So those, that's the operating system. That's what's going on in the authentic me. The person I wish I was has read a lot of things and knows that perfection isn't a real thing. It's not something that you can attain. 
right? And so the person I wish I am presents to the world this face of, I, you know, it's okay. I understand that, you know, not everybody's perfect. But if I really look at that and I have that spirit of perfectionism and I'm in that play, you know what I've done? I have to be perfect. And guess what role I've assigned you? You have to make sure that at all times I feel like I'm perfect. So you can't criticize me. You can't do anything that I don't, I don't understand that I don't agree with, because if you do that, suddenly you're telling me that I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. And now I'm scared. And now you're going to leave me in all of those pieces. Right. But the thing is, before you have a play, they do a thing called a table reading, right? You get a script. I don't know if any of you have ever done any kind of acting or anything, but you get a script. And the script will say, okay, this is your character. This is your character's motivation. This is why your character does this. This is what your character looks like, whatever. We create that in our head around our whole lives, but we don't give anybody the script. And then suddenly we're upset because they don't know the role they're supposed to play, but we know darn well that they're not playing that role. And now I'm disappointed. And now I'm let down and now I'm resentful. But why am I resentful? Because of what's going on in me, right? Because I have whatever this need is that I have subverted to something else that's not getting met. And I haven't told anybody, even myself, that that's the need that needs to be met. But if I don't have a spirit of condemnation and I just look at it as for what it is, right? And, and you can get that realization. That's why I'm saying it's a gift. If I'm not, if I'm not resentful, I'm not going to look at the fact that I actually have a spirit of perfectionism. I didn't think I did. I didn't think I did. But that's what's motivating me. That's what, that's my operating system. That's why I'm ticked off. I'm ticked off because you didn't meet the expectation that I gave because I have to be perfect at all times. Well, do I have to be perfect at all times? No. No, scripture tells us we have not because we ask not. This process, and why I say that the, the, the resentments are a gift, these pro this process shines a light on what you really need to ask to be relieved from, a spirit of perfectionism, right? I don't need to say in that instance, I need to be relieved from my resentment of this person. My resentment of that person is gonna go away when I recognize that it's my perfectionism. And not only is it mine, I have put that on other people, right? There's that one finger out, three fingers back, right? I've expected everybody in my life to be perfect too. And is that a realistic expectation? And have I told them what it looks like for them to be perfect in my life? Probably not. That's what the resentment helps us see. A resentment is something that I hold inside me, right? What is God trying to tell me about me? when I'm sitting there going, <clears throat> right? What, where's the fear? Where's the lie, right? What have I got integrated into who I am that's incorrect or that I don't like, right? You can't change something about yourself and you don't recognize what it is. Maybe it's okay to be that way. I have a friend, really, really cool guy. He over the years has realized that he's really vain. And he says, you know what? I don't care that I'm vain, but he'll tell you that he's vain. He won't hide it. And say, no, I'm not vain. I'm so modest. Oh, I love everybody. He'll say, I'm vain. Right. And then you can take it or leave it. But that's what resentment does it reveals our true self, what's really going on, what I really believe in my authentic self. And then I can look at that and decide whether or not it's true or not. 
because a lot of what happens that, that creates our authentic self are things that we've learned in childhood. They're, they're unwritten rules that we carry with ourselves. They're societal rules that we have, and we may or may not agree with them. God has given us a sound mind, right? <laughs> it says, you know, when we enter a program, only, only a higher power can restore us to sanity. Well, if we're in recovery, then we're restored to sanity, right? We're allowed to choose. You're in control of your own mind. You're in control of your own mind, right? So we can choose that, but we can't choose what we're going to hold on to and we're going to, what we're going to let go of unless we really know what it is. And a resentment is a roadmap to tell us what it is. If we're brave enough and if we're willing to let go of that spirit of condemnation. So we're not going to beat ourselves up and we're not going to beat somebody else up. It is what it is. Now what? What is it trying to tell me about me? And then how do I move forward? Do I need to make amends? If I have a spirit of perfectionism, have I harmed other people with that spirit? I probably have. Right? Do I need to make amends? And if so, what are those? Right? That's why it's a gift. That's why it's a gift. If you look at it that way, it stops being something. The horrible part of resentment is that it eats you up inside. The wonderful part about it, resentment is it shows you what you need to let go so you don't eat yourself up inside. And that's the difference. So I know when I went through the resentment sheets that I went through, I had a resentment I'd held for 15 years. Okay, I have been in program a long time. I had a resentment I was holding 50. I couldn't let it go, right? And I'd done all the work around it and everything. But oh man, I'd go for a walk and look at a bird. And the next thing I know, thump, 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 I was eating on, chewing on it again. But when I realized where it really came from, why, what it said about me, what was going on inside me, once I got to that place, guess what? The resentment went, it's gone. It's gone because I was holding on to it. Something about me was something about me that I needed to learn, that I needed to deal with. I had a really cool image about what happens to us and why we end up with all these sort of things that we carry from our childhood into our, into our, our adulthood, right? So if my, one of my daughters is an ECE and, and she deals with toddlers and she has to get them ready to go out in the cold weather. So, you know, here's, so here's this little toddler and she puts boots on and they put snow pants on and they put mittens on and they put a coat on and they put a scarf on and, you know, they end up going out like, like this, right? And they may not want all the things that get put on them, but they get put on them for normally for a reason, right? You know, they may not be the, the mittens that you want and may not be the jacket that you want, but they're there, you know, because someone's trying to prepare you for adulthood, right? The, maybe the only authentic thing that you have is your mismatched socks and your rainbow underwear, right? Everything else is stuff that's been put on you. But the thing is, as an adult, you can take the mittens off. You can change your coat. <laughs> you know, if you're in Arizona and you're wearing a full snowsuit, maybe you only need a bikini, right? And that's not what you got prepared with. It, you know, maybe you're in Antarctica and you're wearing a bikini and you need a snowsuit, right? But this process that we go through in recovery is looking at those things, right? What do I keep? What do I not? But if we never get to the nitty gritty of what I actually really, truly, honestly believe in my authentic self, then all we're ever doing is fixing the periphery and we don't get that deep healing, right? And we'll continue to not be able to walk in the plans and purposes as deeply as God wants us to do until we do that, right? So don't be, uh, it's been my experience for myself and people that I've worked with is that inventories is where we all stall out, right? We're like, yes, program, and, oh, it's great. And then we hit inventories and it's like, eh. like eh. 
no, wait a minute. I'm feeling things I don't want to feel. I'm having to look at something I don't want to look at. Often, 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 it's because of the spirit of condemnation. Either we don't want to let go of the idea that somewhere down the road, someone is going to pay for what happened, or we're going to beat ourselves up for our own role and what happened or whatever. But as soon as we release that spirit of condemnation, you could just look at it for what it is, right? Neither good nor bad. And I'm not saying that bad things don't happen because they do. But when we're talking about a resentment, neither good nor bad, like what is it, right? What things are going on? What gender roles have played into it? What's happening inside me? What is God trying to tell me about me so that I can let those things go and move past where I am? So don't be afraid of the inventories. Don't be afraid when you have a resentment. Good. <laughs> Good. Sit down and figure it out. Your higher power is trying to take you to a deeper place of healing. Right. And you may be able to help somebody else out with that, too. And then that whole thing, let it integrate into your life. As like the step says, continue to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Let it happen all the time. It just becomes something that integrates into who you are. And then you guess what happens when you do that? You don't build resentments. You don't build them up. Because you've looked at it for what it is while it's happening. <laughs> right? But we can only do that if that spirit of condemnation is gone. If that desire for punishment is gone, if that judgment is gone, if the discernment is there, and again, I cannot stress enough, it doesn't mean it's okay for somebody to abuse you or hurt you or do any of those things. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm saying when you're dragging around a resentment and it's eating your guts inside out, you have to let go of the condemnation piece. And one other thing in my 60, almost 61 years that has helped me tremendously through that is, God says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. It's not my job. It's not my job to punish somebody. It might be my job to point it out. It might be my job to, to shed light on things. It's not my job to punish. And not only that, God has way more in his toolbox than I could ever have. Ever, 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 ever. And there's a promise there <clears throat> from him. So I can let go of that condemnation, right? We cannot have a condemning spirit. If we have a resentment that's chewing and chewing and chewing, it's because God wants us to look at something in ourselves. And we can only do that if we do that with a spirit of discernment and compassion and not condemnation. And it was funny when I was thinking about this, I said, you know, if I had one wish, I could wish for everybody. If I had a magic wand, if I was a fairy godmother and I could wave a wand over everybody in the world, I would wave this wand that I would take away a spirit of condemnation. And you know what's really cool? That's already happened. It's part of why we celebrate this season. There is no condemnation for people who are in Christ Jesus except that. You cannot jump in a DeLorean and go back to the past and fix anything. All you can do is learn from it and move forward. That's all you can do. Or you can sit there and let it chew your guts inside out and have high blood pressure and have it ruin all the relationships that you have and have you not walk in the plans and purposes that God has for you. The good plans and purposes he has for you because I'm too busy chewing on something that I can't fix. I can't go back and fix, but I can fix what's going on in me. And that's what the resentment is for. So I'm not, when I get a resentment, like I said, it's a gift. What is he trying to tell me? 
and the richness that has happened in my life since I've started to accept that and look at it that way and go through the resentment sheets, the new resentment sheets, which are a blessing, right? Is I'm released from all of those things, right? And I love the idea that God is constantly working on us. I, I said to my daughter, you know, this is what I'm going to be on my deathbed and I'm suddenly going to go, oh, <laughs> and I'll be like, wait a minute, this, uh, <laughs> how's it go? He wants to work on us constantly. So don't beat yourself up if you're not at a particular place, right? He's going to take you where you need to go, right? Don't compare yourself to somebody else. Because again, that's also a spirit. A competitive spirit is also a spirit of condemnation. Why do we compete with one another? So there's a winner and a loser. Well, a loser is condemnation. We're not supposed to operate in a spirit of condemnation, right? It is what it is now what? If I'm eating the same lunch over and over again, why? What's it telling me about me? So don't be afraid of inventories. You know, ask God to remove <clears throat> all our defects of character right? And if a spirit of condemnation is a defective character, ask him to remove it and he will. And then take your resentments, if you have them as they come up, as the gift that they are, to teach you something about you. I don't know if that's 20 minutes, but I'm done. <laughs>